Welcome to Psychedelicast. Hosted by Clinton Cayley, this show is an interview-based podcast focused on offering listeners in-depth information concerning plant medicines, entheogens, and all subjects tangential to psychedelia. Join us in prying open the third eye. Greetings and salutations, steppers across the stars and void wanderers. Welcome to Psychedelicast. I'm Clinton Cayley, your host. Today we've got a fascinating interview segment for you with none other than Mr. Matt McHugh. We're going to talk about his uh, head trauma and his um, use of natural plant and animal medicines, as well as various other molecules in his physical healing. Uh, What a long and fascinating journey uh, Matt is going to share with us today. So, uh, stay tuned for that interview. We've got some other cool things going on now. I've got some cool things to tell you about. Um, so uh, we're really looking forward to sharing you, sharing with you this interview with Matt McHugh of My Ayahuasca Healings, which is his uh, blog concerning all of his, uh, his different healings and his experimentation and his work with plant, animal medicines, and uh, various molecules. So stick with us. We're going to get to that. Let's do some housekeeping. First things first, guys, I have uh, officially partnered with the Cosmic Cowboy Collective out of Houston, Texas to promote their uh, to promote and support their upcoming event entitled Intense Vibrations. That's I-N-T-E-N-T-S Vibrations. This is going to be a big music festival, uh, psychedelic music based. Some big name EDM acts are going to be there. Um, it's going to be a camp out. Like, let me tell you about some of this stuff. First and foremost, Desert Dwellers are um, headlining this event. Yes, the legendary Desert Dwellers. There's a, a sick lineup behind them of uh, all kinds of, of Psytrance and Goa and different uh, EDM uh, acts. But there's not only going to be a shit ton of really great music, there's going to be camping, there's going to be theme camps, uh, costumes are encouraged, there's going to be boating, there's going to be an art gallery and various art vendors, local food, Um, there's going to be social media promotion there. Um, It's going to take place in Welch Park, um, out of, uh, just outside of Houston, Texas, in Somerville. Um... I'm going to post all the links and uh, social media links to Cosmic Cowboy Collective and to Intense Vibrations itself in the show notes. Um, The show is going down Friday, October 22nd through Sunday, October 24th. It's going to start at noon on the 22nd. It's going to go all weekend. Um, It's going to be located at 1560 Thornberry Drive in Somerville, Texas, 77879. Uh, there's an Eventbrite page. That link will be posted in the show notes. But if you want to get more information, um, you can Google search Intense Vibrations or you can Google uh, Cosmic Cowboy Collective. Um, they have all kinds of really reasonably priced packages. I think their single-day package is like $60 a day. I want to say their full weekend package is like $100. You can take an RV package. Uh, you can camp out. Dude, it's going to be a really, really good time, just about an hour outside of Houston um, on a little man-made island. It's a prime location. It's going to be sick, dude. So uh, I'm going to be there, courtesy of Cosmic Cowboy Collective. Uh, I'm going to be in attendance there. Uh, I'm going to drive the RV out there and uh, maybe do some podcasting, but probably just do some partying and meet some people and hang out and have a good time. So I'm really looking forward to it, guys. 
Uh, I think you guys should definitely give this a look-see. Intense Vibrations, hosted by the Cosmic Cowboy Collective, um, October 22nd through 24th in Somerville, Texas. Huge banger of a psychedelic music festival. I've actually never been to a psychedelically themed music festival, so I'm pretty excited about this. And, and I'm super happy and proud to, to be uh, promoting and supporting this event. Uh, I'm going to be posting about it on social media regularly. And as we get closer to the date, you're going to hear me talking about it more and more because I'm really excited about this. So um, I'll also be, I should be interviewing some of the members of the Cosmic Cowboy Collective and other people involved in hosting the event. So look out for those interviews as well. Thanks, guys. Beyond that... Um, you know, we do the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash psychedelicast. We, um, we post exclusive content there as well as, uh, video versions of these shows. I don't have a video version of t this week's show. Um, and I don't have a video version of the last week's show because both guests, uh, requested, uh, pardon me, um, Sherry of Sports requested to not be on video. Truthfully, the reason why I don't have a video version of this one is because, I forgot to record a video version of this one, so uh, we only have the audio with Matt McHugh, but uh, nonetheless, this is going to be a fascinating episode. Join us on Patreon. It's only $3 a month. It's the only tier. You can support the show, gain access to some extra content, and uh, you know, I think for $3 for the amount of production and work that goes into the show, I think it's a good value as is. Um, when you add the extra content on top of that, I think you're really getting a solid product and a, and a good bang for your buck. I feel confident in asking for $3 a month uh, for Patreon members. So go to www.patreon.com slash psychedelicast. Uh, join us there. Uh, support the show. Help keep this machine moving and, uh, and show some love to us. Um, if you don't want to make a monetary donation, you can help the show in other ways. You can follow us on social medias. Um, let's see. At Facebook, we are Psychedelicast, at Psychedelicast. Um, on Instagram, we are at Psychedelicast Pod. Our original Instagram page got arbitrarily deactivated, and I'm afraid it's no more because it's been six or eight months now, um, and no word from Instagram. So, at Psychedelicast Pod on Instagram, and we're also on Twitter at Psychedelicast with two Ts. Beyond that, you can subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. We're available on all major platforms. Um, you can share the show on social media. You can leave us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. Send us some stars. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Um, and just generally connecting with us on social media and sharing this show via the internet is a huge help for us if you don't have $3 to shell out per month. Um, and I know the world is in turmoil right now. We're just kind of starting to get up off our backs. So I totally understand that, uh, that, Funding is tight. I get it. It is for me as well. Um, beyond that, that should pretty much take care of our housekeeping. Me personally, um, I'm not going to go too much into this because I've already taken you guys back and forth, but this is my life right now. Um, I was in Brazil for half of the time I was supposed to be there. Um, I came back early. I was having a difficult time there. Edis and I, um, our relationship has ended. I think this time for good, um, I'm not sure, but without going too much into it, I haven't spoken to her in about two weeks, and I don't foresee us rekindling our relationship in the future, and I know you've heard me go back and forth with that on the show. Uh, I'm pretty banged up about it, as I usually am. Um, this relationship's been really difficult for me and taxing in, in many different ways. Um, so for now, 
I'm just going to let time do its thing. And uh, I'm just hanging in there and keeping my head above water because this is a very difficult separation for me. Um, one of the more difficult that I, ever, that I remember experiencing in my life. So with that being said, I may talk more about that in, uh, in a no-trip sitter that will be a Patreon exclusive. That's generally where I release a little bit more personal things, my writings, and uh, I kind of go a little bit deeper into my life as it is. Um, so if you're interested, you can check, out, check us out out once again uh, patreon.com slash psychedelicast all that being said let's do psychedelic news and then we'll jump directly into this interview with the great and powerful matt McHugh, who is going to tell us about his fascinating journey with the medicine thanks guys today we're going to bring you an article from goodnewsnetwork.org this article is entitled Psychedelic Found in Magic Mushrooms Spurs Growth of Neural Connections Lost in Depression Landmark Study Finds. This article was written by the Good News Network and published on July 8, 2021. The psychedelic drug psilocybin, a naturally occurring compound found in some mushrooms, has been studied as a potential treatment for depression for years. But exactly how it works in the brain and how long beneficial results might last is still unclear. In a new study, Yale researchers show that a single dose of psilocybin given to mice prompted an immediate and long-lasting increase in connections between neurons. A quote here, We not only saw a 10% increase in the number of neuronal connections, but also they were on average about 10% larger, so the connections were stronger as well, said Yale's Alex Kwan, associate professor of psychiatry and neuroscience and senior author of the paper in question. Previous laboratory experiments had shown promise that psilocybin, as well as the anesthetic ketamine, can decrease depression. The new Yale research found that these compounds increase the density of dendritic spines, small protrusions found on nerve cells which aid in the transmission of information between neurons. Chronic stress and depression are known to reduce the number of these neuronal connections. Using a laser scanning microscope, Quan and first author Ling Xiao Shou a postdoctoral associate of the Yale School of Medicine, imaged dendritic spines in high resolution and tracked them for multiple days in live mice. They found increases in the number of dendritic spines and in their size within 24 hours of administration of psilocybin. These changes were still present a month later. Also, mice subjected to stress showed behavioral improvements and increased neurotransmitter activity after being given psilocybin. For some people, psilocybin, an active compound in magic mushrooms, can produce a profound mystical experience. The psychedelic was a staple of religious ceremonies among indigenous populations of the New World and is also a popular recreational drug. It may be the novel psychological effects of psilocybin itself that spurs the growth of neuronal connections, Quan said. Another quote here, it was a real surprise to see such enduring changes from just one dose of psilocybin. He said of the findings, which were published in the journal Neuron this month. These new connections may be the structural changes the brain uses to store new experiences. So more fascinating empirical evidence uh, coming out uh, concerning the efficacy of uh, psilocybin in neurogenesis and uh, in treating depression and anxiety and, and all these things that we've been hearing so much uh, so much talk about here in the last couple years. 
uh, many of us listening, many of you listening to the show, myself included, um, may be familiar with what was referenced to in the article as a uh, mystical experience um, that can that can sometimes take place um, when when consuming psilocybin mushrooms. Um, that is a beautiful experience to have. If if you've ever had it, you'll understand that. Um, but it's not so quantifiable. It's not so measurable. So I think for the rest of the world who may not uh, feel the way that we feel about these these plants, these fungi, fungi and, and compounds and molecules, um, that it's good that we're developing these um, substantive, substantive and, and solid uh, factual, scientific-based outlooks on on these on these subjects so i think that's a big win and uh, i i just see this snowball just getting larger and larger as it as it runs down the hill so um i think we're gonna see big changes i know mdma is going shortly to uh the masses as a as a legitimate medicine fda approved and i personally believe it'll only be a matter of time until uh, psilocybin follows the same course we shall see well, that's about enough for me. Let's get into this discussion about tarantula venom, ayahuasca, peyote, LSD, MDMA, um, DMT. We're going to discuss all of those molecules and medicines today with Mr. Matt McHugh, uh, head trauma survivor, uh, plant, animal, medicine, and uh, molecule experimentalist. This is a fascinating story, guys. So uh, strap in. Here we go. Ayahuasca Healings. Thank you for joining me today, brother. It's been a little while coming, but we uh, we finally got through our audio issues and got through a little bit of Instagram tag, and here we are. Good to see you, man. Yeah, it's nice to be with you. Thanks, man. Um, so you sent me over a link to your page, and uh, I did some reading on, on some of your personal writings and, and into your story, and there's a lot going on here, man. This is really interesting stuff. Um, I've interviewed a lot of people, but this is, I have to say, your story is pretty unique. Um, so why don't you just do us a favor and maybe briefly introduce yourself and, and what this project is that you're working on and tell us a little bit about your life. Um, very interesting and charmed as it may be. And then uh, I'll kind of dig a little deeper and, and, and we'll get into it. Okay. I Like you say, I am Matthew McHugh. Um quite literally the poster child for the legalization of cannabis worldwide 
in that my doctor used my case at the United Nations General Assembly back in 01. And before the week was up, Canada, half dozen other countries legalized it for medicinal purposes. He used my case for two reasons. One, I was his patient. Two, I was an American. So it was very easy for him to draw lines. You know, if this happened to him in Miami, he'd be like 99. Whatever percent of the world's population dead within five months of a head trauma as severe as me. Mm -hmm. um, the cannabis went to my head just like yours. Rather than giving me red eye or cotton mouth or munchies or a high, it focused all of its energy on what was going on in my head. Sorry, let me back up a little. Yeah, tell me, tell this me a little whole, bit of. You mentioned a, a head yeah. trauma. Um, That's tell me where a, I want to start from. Sure, sure. I'll start from that. This hole to this hole to this hole. That piece of skull was basically removed from my skull mm -hmm. after hitting the corner of a curb. Falling down, my head hit the corner of the curb. The wife of the couple that picked me up picked up the clump of hair and went, oh. Wiped it off, stuck it back on, held on to it for the two blocks that they had to carry me to the hospital. I was immediately uh, met by Dr. Rashid Adam of Trinidad and Tobago. And he performed emergency surgery on me. I understand a few hours later, he went back in for like another round of three, four hours surgery. Two of them amounting to nearly eight hours of surgery. I was in an induced coma for nearly a month. And when I came out of it, the right side of my body, the entire right side of my body was paralyzed. Um, basically couldn't communicate. I had no idea what was going on. Um, did you remember, uh, did you, did you remember what had happened to you? Did you have any knowledge of your accident or were you just like waking oh. up for the first time? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I mean, I had no senses, taste, touch, smell, hearing, cigarette lighter under my arm, I would never feel it. Um, and of course, I had no cognitive abilities. I had no comprehension. I, I couldn't speak a word of English. Didn't remember I made one child, never mind three of them. Wow. Didn't remember the home that we were living in. Yeah, it was, they tell you once an adult, twice a child. That's great if you live so long. Nobody told me I'd come home from the hospital at 37 years old wearing a diaper and gaga goo goo. Yeah. Basically. That's that's wild. Do you remember or or has anyone told you what happened uh that that how did you injure yourself? Did you just fall down Were you struck? Do you know what happened? No, to you? no, no. Some Fella assaulted me from behind, but his punch landed directly in my ear, blowing out my eardrum, rendering me unconscious. 
Had I been on level ground, my legs would have broken the fall. But as I was stepping off the 19-inch curb, the first thing that hit was my head on the corner. Wow. Oh, my God. That's pretty horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So. So. Um, like I say, I was comatose for a month. I woke up. I was paralyzed for nearly three months. Just like when you break your arm, all the energy focuses on that break until it's healed. The same thing with my skull. Shortly after my paralysis wore off, all the energy was focusing on that. And mm -hmm. I went into such a terrible state of seizure from that point till the next half hour that I met, we met my doctor at his office. In that half hour, I'd suffered three major strokes due to the severity of the seizures. Because all the energy was focusing on this. But my brain being in there, like I say, it couldn't handle it. We made it to Doc's office. He met us out front with two perfectly rolled ganja cigarettes. He lit one up, got it going, handed it to me. My wife and I looked at each other like, wait, what? Now, I don't remember one child, never mind three of them, but I clearly remember ganja not being on anybody's docket for medicine. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, where was this, uh, where I, were you at Where were you at when, when you went to this doctor? What part of the world were you in when you went to this in doctor? In his office in, in St. James, Trinidad. Okay, okay. St. James is a small little city, out, a small town outside of Porta Spain. And, Porta uh, Spain is the capital. And what year would this have been? This was in 2001. Okay. So you came to him after having this series of seizures, and right. he uh, treated you there on the spot with uh, cannabis. Right, asked us to come into the office. I went into the office where he explained to us, much like what I told you, it just basically focuses all its energy on what's going on in my head, and therefore it will allow my brain to recover, and I'll need to consume as much cannabis as, re as is required. And it averaged out to about eight to ten joints a day. Keeping in mind, this is just local Trinidad ganja. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, there were no real high grades or THC or CBD oils or anything like that back mm -hmm. then. Um, that happened after the legalization of cannabis worldwide with it. Sure. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you remember any or much of your life before your injury, or do you just not remember any of it? Um, yeah, well, this is what is. I had about a eight-year block from the time of the injury to about eight years. Now, I had moved to Trinidad in 1988, so I... I knew about living there, but we also didn't have children until three years after, and hence the blank. Okay. Not remembering my children. 
Okay. And the home we were living in, we moved into that home like a couple of years earlier. Okay. So yeah, that block was there for those two and a half years that I was smoking eight to ten joints a day. I, I say two and a half years. So it was like eight to ten joints a day. And then all of a sudden it got down to like six to eight joints a day. And then I started to get red eye. And now we're down to four to six joints a day. And then so on. And so this went for a number of months um, until it got down to no joints and that I wasn't, you know, I was no longer suffering with seizures. Um, and it was then... Sorry, I'm getting no, ahead of myself again. No, you're not. You're not. Uh, I just, I, I'm curious, and I think our listeners will be curious as well. Uh, do you recall prior to your accident and uh, prior to your introduction of cannabis here, did you have any experience with cannabis or other psychedelics or anything in your life prior to this doctor prescribing cannabis to you? Oh, of course. Uh, okay. I grew up in the 60s and 70s in Detroit, Michigan. We smoked weed from 14, 15 years old. Okay. Um, we were doing LSD and mushrooms and um, yeah, LSD, mushrooms, and cocaine, of course. And I left Detroit in 81. And my parents, they traveled us to Europe every summer. So it made me realize from a young age that there were a whole hell of a lot better places to live in the world than Detroit, Michigan. So I left Detroit in 81, and then I left Hawaii in 82, lived throughout Southeast Asia for a number of years, met my former wife, moved to Trinidad in 88, and got married in 89 and you know, started a couple of businesses. She and I were, yeah, we were good together. Good, good. So, um, so sorry I cut you off there as we were getting into it. So you're, you, uh, it's your belief or your understanding that cannabis kind of, uh, I, I would assume, offered you some sort of neurogenetic or neurogenesis um, healing effect during this uh, portion no. of... Um, what, what the cannabis did is it just kept the seizures away. Okay. The healing progression was just natural. It was very slow and very, you know, nothing stimulated it, so to speak. But the cannabis kept the seizures at bay to allow the natural healing to happen. Okay, that makes then sense. Once, um, once the seizure stopped, he then called us into the into his office where he sent us by a doctor, Harry Ramnerine, who's a homeopathic doctor, who administered the venom of the South American tarantula to me. He's a V drops under my tongue and he explained to me that tomorrow morning I should have back all of my senses that were lost. And so said, so done, the following morning I woke up, I had taste, touch, smell, hearing, everything. But not like yesteryear, like the first time. 
I had to learn them all over again. Well, wow, that is. So, that's one of the things I most was intrigued about. Um, I want to definitely get into your psychedelic exploration and, and healing with those other plant modalities. I have never well, heard, I've never well, heard of anyone using spider venom holistically or medicinally. Uh, do you know anything more about that? Can you give us any more detail about that? That's just something I've never heard of. Well, I suppose you could just research homeopathic homeopathy, homeopathic medicine. This particular doctor, and he is a doctor of modern science, but he runs his practice as a homeopathic doctor. Homeopathy, it cures you at the source of what ails you. It isn't like modern medicine that just puts a Band-Aid over you that wears off that you have to keep putting another Band-Aid on. Okay. Modern medicine is pretty appalling, to be perfectly frank. I haven't had any booster shots, inoculations, boot shots, anything like that since I left the United States in 82. I, I've just never been ill. I've never taken a day off because of illness. Mm-hmm. Because... A lot like what my mother said, you are what you eat. So I wasn't there in the USA, and we weren't eating any food from the USA, regardless of where I was. So that whole um, uh, fatness, I mean, all, all the problems that you guys are suffering with, with weight gain and everything else, because sugar... That's another thing. Cancers are rampant in your society. That's because your pH level is whacked out so high in the cancer, I mean, in the sugar zone, that cancer, it produces a breeding ground for cancers. The only the way to reduce that, to eliminate that, is get your pH level. Once your pH inside your body is level, cancers cannot exist. Um, a great physician way, way back when in the 20s discovered that, got the Nobel Peace Prize for it. But the U.S. government had them shut down and unlicensed a couple of years later. I mean, they're like, nah, you can't cure cancers with apple cider vinegar. Yes, you can. Get off all sugars and drink apple cider vinegar three times a day. Cancers will be gone within two weeks, guaranteed. Yeah, I've, always, I've read. I actually read a book. Uh, it was called the metabolic, uh, the metabolic theory of cancer, I believe, and it was talking about how, um, yeah, things like the ketogenic diet, extremely low carbohydrate, no carbohydrate diet, basically eliminating sugars and processed foods. Um, will starve cancer cells from uh, reproducing. Um, that was the exactly. premise. Yeah, that was the premise of the book. Very interesting. Um, yeah. I cu- since living here in Mexico, that I'm exposed, of course, to all the American food. I say so. The last couple of years in Trinidad, they started opening up to the American food. But that was never a part of our diet. Yeah. Even still today, I mean, my girl and I, we cook every meal at home. 
go to the market twice a week. Yeah, We're I can. Very happy and comfortable. I can personally attest I'm to that. I'm 57 years young, and I'm still strong like a, and you know, I'm still a surfer. You're looking so. good, brother. You're looking good. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can personally attest to that. I went on a walkabout through Mexico and South America uh, late last year and into the early of this year. And during that time, um, my diet was totally different. I was walking everywhere. I wasn't using a vehicle. I was uh, exercising more regularly. I was getting more sun. I was spending more time outside. And as soon, immediately as I returned to the U.S. and went back to my normal American Ooh, lifestyle... I began to I began to immediately gain weight. Uh, my mental health my mental health had deteriorated. You know I'm a pretty even keeled person, but uh, yeah I, I can make a stark contrast of my life outside of the U.S. and then my life returning to the U.S. and it's very obvious. It's not like a small difference. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had tried living in the USA. Um, when I returned to Trinidad after my first month of ayahuasca treatments, my wife handed me divorce papers. And she said, of course, use our condo in Miami, and, but once you leave, you're gone. You can stay there as long as you want, for years, whatever. After three months, I was packing up and moving to Costa Rica. I received three tickets vis-a-vis -vis the Big Brother camera system set up all over Miami for ridiculous thing. Um, and I was pulled over six times for DUI. Up to this point, I haven't had so much as a beer in years. But because of my scars, I'd walk out of a restaurant slash bar after eating a nice meal coming out and I'm tired and my arm used to go back into a chicken wing and you know, the whole right side of my body was terribly scarred. Mm -hmm. and of course, police don't want to hear that. They just figure I'm drunk. After six times that they pulled me over, over a three-month period, I got fucked out. Yeah, I don't blame you. I can't live that life. I can't, I've lived in the tropics my entire life, my entire adult life. Whoops. Uh -huh. That's okay, <laughs> man. Yeah, man, you're lit. Okay. So sounds like you're living the good life. Uh, let's see, we were, we were talking about your, uh, your tarantula venom experience, bringing your senses back. Um, and that's kind of where I, where I jumped in. Where were we going after that? Well, this one is a couple of days later. He sat me down with a couple of highball glasses of psilocybin tea, magic mushroom tea, and expressed to me the same thing like the cannabis. For many years to come, I will not feel the high. But every time that I do it, my memory will get much better. Like you and I talking... I'm distracted. I look back at you. I'm seeing you for the first time. I had absolutely no short-term memory. And no memory of, like I say, the previous seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. The birth of our children and everything else, you know? 
Yeah. And no kidding, the following morning I wake up, I remember not one, but all three of my daughters and the home we're living in for the first time in nearly three years of living in a home that I was lost in. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. it, you can imagine the difficulties in the psychiatric trauma that I'm sure my children had endured. In fact, I know they've endured. But they've all come out of it pretty, pretty well. Oh, they're smart kids. Sure. Um, you know they've just—they're just now. I think in the last couple of weeks they've—they've re they've, uh, released definitive evidence of psilocybin, psilocybin being uh, neurogenetic, and um, like a single like a a study came out. I didn't read the entire study, but I got the gist of it. A single dose of psilocybin has been proven to rebuild. Uh, neural pathways in the human brain so uh, much like they've discovered with ketamine the u.s government has owned the patent on psilocybin curing memory loss i think it was since 1958 or 1959 it was during the korean war the korean doctors were feeding the head trauma their head trauma patients with the psilocybin and they were recovering the americans were uh, and of course, the Americans phoned Washington and said, hey, they're using psilocybin. What's it doing? It's working. Okay, good. They own the fucking patent on that. They own the patent on cannabis curing uh, severe states of seizure since 1961. Not to mention the 19 different cancers that it's been known to cure. They've owned those patents as well. It was just literally with the onslaught of the professors handing out all the LSD to all the all the um, students that freaked the fuck out. The government did not want a woke society. They would much rather rule with an iron fist. And so hence the war on drugs in 71 with Nixon. And check that list. Virtually every single, in fact, every single one of those carry medicinal properties. And I've been using them all mm -hmm. for just that. Um, um, did he put you, did, did your doctor then put you on a, a regimen of utilizing psilocybin for a time? Psilocybin was rampant throughout Trinidad and Tobago. It's an old colony that had cattle running all over the country, running all over the island. So mm -hmm. it was easy enough to find. And yeah, I, I was gathering it up in a small crocus bag and I'd just sit there and eat them, eat them, eat them, eat them, you know, because like the cannabis, I wasn't feeling it. So when they were in season, I, I gather up as much as I could. And after a couple of months, and my memory was getting better, but this one, you realize there was no cognitive, no comprehension, no nada. So I was kind of learning back English and kind of listening to the kids. I had no idea what they were talking about. 
mm-hmm. you know, because I had absolutely no comprehension. That's when he called us in and he's like, that's when he told us about this facility in um, Mexico and um, Mexico, sorry. Um, and my former was a Reagan, just say no to drugs type of girl. And on that drive home, she was like, you've been smoking ganja in my house for three fucking years. Now he's got you doing magic mushrooms. Now he wants to go to Mexico and do I a fucking what? Nah. <laughs> got back to your memory. We'll figure out the rest. Well, this is what. Cut to 15 years later, I still can't keep up with the conversation, still can't watch a movie or even a television. Really couldn't even listen to music apart from classical because there were no lyrics. So it wouldn't be enough for it. And she, of course, fell out of love for me, which I wasn't even aware of. Mm-hmm. And she allowed allowed me the opportunity to do the ayahuasca. I came here for one month, cut to one month later. On the airplane, I was able to speak with the passengers next to me. I mean, it was stammering. No, I was stammering, but I was communicating. And I was able to read my first book in 16, 17 years, something like that. And unfortunately, she don't want to hear nothing about nothing and dropped me off at the Hilton, divorce papers. I left my, my country, my children, everything. And wow. I basically came across, that's when I ended up in Miami for those three months. And then I moved across Spent some time in Costa Rica and been here in Mexico ever since. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and that was three and a half years ago. Now, okay. getting back to my first month receiving treatments, by the end of the first week, they were giving me a special third ceremony by myself, ayahuasca. And they filled up the shot glasses. They gave me four of those during that private ceremony. And because they noticed throughout the week, you know, the previous two ceremonies, I didn't vomit. I didn't have any purge the following day. Nada. And I went up to them every time and took the three that they offered. And then they gave me the four full ones. Again, nada. And so you're not you're not having any three, you're not having any. Sorry, that's when they alerted three neuroscientists and okay. told them we got this patient. But after that first week, especially after that third day, the following morning, I woke up. And I was able to start communicating with the doctors. So they were seeing that I was absorbing the medicine, and they were seeing I was getting something going on upstairs. So they alerted the three neuroscientists who came and visited me throughout the next probably week. 
And they introduced their own medicines, being MDMA, DMT, and LSD. And wow. the LSD was remarkable because the scars that I had, I call them scars because my brain would literally short circuit and then the right side of my body would kind of like go back into the seizure-like state for a brief moment, you know, but that used to happen like every hour. Mm-hmm. And I used to have to control it every day with at least half a joint in the morning, half a joint in the afternoon. Okay. But the first time she administered LSD to me, she gave me three drops equivalent to one and a half hits of acid. She asked me not to consume anything that morning and to see her at, right after I woke up. No coffee, nada. I went to her, she gave me the three drops. Closer to lunchtime, she walked up to me and she asked me, she was inquiring, she says, have you smoked any cannabis? Knowing that I was smoking that to control my little fits. Mm-hmm. And I looked there and I said, no. And that was at the same time, she and I both realized the LSD removed that and no kidding, the following day, same thing, no scarring. It was until the third morning that I woke up that I had a little bit of movement again. And she says, well, that's perfect because I wanted to put you on a every other day program. So that's how I started off with the LSD, doing three drops every other day. And that, like I say, was controlling the scarring that was going on in my head. And here I am three and a half years later, and I'm nearly having the LSD experience, and that scar virtually non-existent in my life now, which, like I say, is truly phenomenal. So you said that because you said... no other medicine I, take, I took were... Um, addressing that star. So you're, you're saying that um, you still aren't having psychoactive or like hallucinogenic effects from LSD? From LSD or ayahuasca. The last time I did my four hits of acid right here in uh, La Punta, about four hours later, the colors got brighter. It was pretty fabulous. I was enjoying it. And about an hour later, all these beautiful geometric patterns were emerging on everything. And that as well was fantastic. And I was just walking around all of La Punta, even out on the waves, in the sand, everywhere. And that lasted maybe an hour, and then maybe a half hour after that, the colors went back to normal. So that was with four hits of acid. Wow. And the last time I did ayahuasca, same thing. They, they've been giving me now short highball glasses. Ever since that first month, they they no longer given it to me in a shot glass. They're giving it in a short highball glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're giving me four of those every ceremony. 
It was about six, eight months ago, same thing with the LSD. I began to get the physical effect of the ayahuasca. First with the purging. The purging used to happen, started happening the following morning. A few months after that, I vomited a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that time, after my third glass, I did a true and powerful vomit. Mm-hmm. And I went back for my fourth glass, which he gave me. And no kidding, about 20, 25 minutes later, my third eye opened up to the ayahuasca for the first time. For I'd like to think 10 minutes may have only been five minutes. I don't even know. But it was fantastic. And it was a lot of what I was anticipating because over the years I've sat in on every single um, integration ceremony held the following morning, Mm -hmm. which are so key to people's processing of the medicines by hearing each other's description of what they encounter. It helps them to piece it all together themselves. Yeah, Because I've heard of people doing ayahuasca and saying, yeah, they just came out and they were totally fucking confused the following day and they feel as if they've been living through hell or torment or something ever since. It's like, well, you never integrated? Like, no, I just got a, some of it and I tried it. Wrong, wrong method. Yeah, I agree. These, these doctors are, um, um, they're, they're psychiatrists. Um, and they spent two years in Peru totally immersed in a tribe, learning all that they could about the medicines and, of course, how to apply it to what they know as far as their psychiatric uh, abilities and uh, um, their education. And they went ahead and they opened up this facility up in the mountains here in Mexico, you know, where it's two, three degrees when you wake up in the morning talking Celsius, of course. And then it warms up to 12, 14 degrees. You know, so it's cool mountain air. Mm-hmm. It's such beautiful, beautiful countryside. And it's very holy, very, I say holy, it's highly spiritual land, which mm-hmm. the original Indians felt as if it was as well, because there's enough pyramids and monuments up in ancient monuments scattered around the air. So they've got themselves a beautiful facility, call it 100 acres. They grow all their own crops, fruits, vegetables. Even the coffee that you drink in the morning is grown on the property. And this is because you are what you eat and before you undergo these medicines, you're there for a couple of days basically purging and cleansing your body with the foods that they feed you. you know? mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's truly uh, an amazing uh, a place for me to do 
the medicines I've ended up doing over the past three and a half years, as I say. You mean when I go there, I'd spend, like I say, a month at a time, three weeks at a time, and every week there would be a next group of 13 more patients from around the world coming there for their own PTSD, depression, trauma, addictions, heroin addicts would come in first day, fuck you looking at. After their first ayahuasca ceremony, they're walking around with the medicines and they're no longer using it, not in front of us. After the next session, they're breaking the shit up, throwing it away. And in 10 days' time, they're walking out just as clear-eyed as you and I. And over three and a half years there, there's only been one repeat offender. He was a heroin addict who came back in because of alcohol a year and a half later. And he realized that he, in fact, had an addictive personality, so... He remained there for many months, assisting them, you know, free of charge. He just would sleep, eat and sleep there. So, but no, the medicines are truly remarkable. Truly. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you also mentioned DMT and MDMA. What kind of uh, protocols yeah. did they have you using with those? Were you smoking DMT? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was smoking the DMT, um, supplied to me by the neuroscientists, of course. Um, the LSD by one, the MDMA by another, and the DMT by yet another. Actually, the DMT, what he did is every morning of an ayahuasca ceremony, he would show up by, show up there, from Ciudad de Mexico, he used to drive across a couple hours to us, and he'd give me um, three double doses of DMT. Now, what was quite remarkable about DMT was on that third hit, I had a, you know, my third eye was privy to a fantastic little journey. Mm -hmm. And it really surprised me, and him as well. Well, he was thrilled because, of course, DMT is what's in the ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. So he was he was under the belief. So for the next over a couple of years, before every ayahuasca ceremony, no kidding, he used to come and give me these doses, these treatments of DMT the the morning of. Hoping mm -hmm. that that would open up my mind and allow the ayahuasca to come in that much stronger. And like I say, I, I was basically the guinea pig for years. Because I apparently am the first case where these medicines are being used to physically realign my brain waves. Mm -hmm. It's a that's completely shattered due to the impact of that initial impact, like my doctor said, all of my brain waves have become disconnected, so these medicines will rewire you and reconnect. And so said, so done. Of course, it's taken me three and a half years now because it was literally 15, 16 years after the... Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And back then he was clocked in anywhere from two to six months of treatment. Okay. Would have come in so fucking handy back then. <laughs> um, are you continuing your treatment now, or what, what's life like now for you? Oh, yeah. Well, right now it's a very difficult period because of this uh, COVID, and Peru has been on complete lockdown for, I think, a couple of months now. So no medicines are coming or going from Peru. That's where, of course, the bulk of the medicines come from. At least the shamans I've been dealing with, they that's their supply. And sure. none of them are getting so, yeah, my last time was, like I say, nearly two months ago. With the so, ayahuasca? Yeah. Yeah, that's the ayahuasca. I had been traveling up to um, um, San Jose del Pacifico. It's about two and a half hour drive from here. Where I collect basically 30 families of mushrooms at a time. And like last week, I consumed those 30 families, I think over the course of four days. And same thing, my third eye was privy to a couple hours after every dose, because I'd start with six families. I'm literally just consuming them. Mm -hmm. You know, I wash them, clean them, everything. And... That's in the morning, and then in the afternoon, evening, I do it again. And same, because I, I've been given that schedule as well. Because, but um, like I say, with the six families, I've been privy to two hours of my third eye opening. Mm-hmm. That's about three, four hours after taking it. And, it got, and I got it down where the next set was five families, next was four, and so it regressed, where I was still able to hold on to a two-hour third-eye experience to the point where the last remnant, I ate them up. I really don't know how much it was. But, yeah, my third-eye was privy to nearly two hours after what I'd say were two families. Now, of course, the medicines are complete when... I have a full six, seven-hour third-eye experience with just one family, just like my girlfriend. Sure. I have the experience like she does. And same thing with the ayahuasca. When I'm drinking a half a shot glass and I have a four-hour experience, the medicines are complete. Same with the LSD, one hit of acid, eight, ten hours of altered states. So do you, do you feel like you're kind of uh, building toward that right now or working toward oh, that? Oh, most certainly. The first medicine I felt, and now I have the same experience as you, was peyote. And that was about seven months ago. Um, the, ah, see, brilliant. Mwah. Love them. <laughs> yeah, I keep them here on my desk. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I hope yeah. you pray to them. Bless yes. them, rather. Yeah. These, um, are not, these are not for consumption here. These are just my friends. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Um, where was I? Where, oh, yeah, the peyote was the first experience. 
uh, after the DMT, of course, which was almost immediate. Um, but the peyote, probably closer to a year ago. Um, but yeah, now I have a single dose and I'm gone until I smoke the joint. You know, because otherwise peyote stays with you forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mescaline. Forever, but you can't, it's difficult to fall asleep. I heard someone say actually yesterday on a podcast I was listening to, they said, uh, yeah, uh, when you're using cactus, usually you're done with mescaline before mescaline is done with you. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. a pre pretty accurate way to put it. <laughs> right. Because when you've had that note, you just basically smoke a joint and you'll come down from it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, the uh, peyote, then the, uh, uh, um, uh, the bufo, the sapo, the smoking of the frog venom. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that one was absolutely, that was the medicine that kept me from going into depressed because of my divorce or going mad because of everything else. Because from the first time that I had it, normally it's about a 10 minute experience and everybody has a great big smile on their face, usually. And sometimes they're fighting up or whatever, but, you know, eight to 12 minute experience. The first time I did it, I went into the kind of state of Caesar, and I was like that for over an hour. I was just flopping on the ground, just going to totally fucking uncontrollably. Doctors were three, uh, the two clinical psychiatrists were there, the shaman, as well as one of the neuroscientists. And I heard uh, the one talk over to the other, oh my God, I think we may lose this one. Like they were, they had no idea what was taking place. And of course, after hearing that, I had to fight to get the words out because of course I was now learning to talk as well. I'm like, I'm okay. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, don't worry. And I went like that for an entire, like I say, over an hour. But what was playing out in my head was from a bird's eye perspective, I saw the fella assault me. I saw my head hit the corner of the curb. I watched out the entire thing play out in front of me until I was carried in the hospital. That's where I came out an hour later. I went to them and I insisted that they give it to me again. So I say, well, I got here. I'm like, don't worry, I wasn't affected. My blood pressure didn't go up, nothing, nada. I was in complete control. And no kidding, they gave it to me and it picked up exactly where I left off. And that tale played out again in front of me. So I, I watched, from a bird's eye perspective, watch the doctor perform surgery on me. Watch the, my wife and children and the trauma, what they're going through in the waiting room. And uh, the entire thing played out like that for me over the next two and a half years. That entire story played out 
up literally straight up until the present moment. And then when that happened, I had that eight, ten minutes of bliss. And I had the one most wonderful experience with the bufo, the sapo. Oh my god, I love it. I really do. And yeah. Yeah. That that was fantastic. Like I say, that played out over the years. Even if it were six weeks or regardless of the time between, it picked up exactly where it left off wow. six weeks earlier. Yeah. yeah. It was truly an amazing treatment for me, for my for my own well being. Yeah. Bufo Bufo was uh, very profound for me as well. I was really, really scared of Bufo for some reason. <clears throat> I mean, I know why now, because it's one of the ultimate experiences available to human to humankind. You oh, know, yeah. like uh, there's not much else that's gonna. Well, there's nothing else that's gonna compare to that. Um, so yeah, Bufo well, was was no, huge, was massive. Like, so, sorry, it's like psilocybin made me realize the world's so beautiful and everything living is so amazing. And peyote, peyote gives you direction. And UFO, oh my God, that just makes you realize how wonderful fucking existence truly is. And of course, ayahuasca just cleanses your mind and purifies your soul it really does yeah that's a pretty good rundown on all these things um so what what would you say you've taken away from your years of uh of exploration and experimentation what would you say to people um you know who who might be going through something similar as as you are or you i mean your well, story's highly unique so i it's doubtful that there are but this is this is why my story needs to get out there. Because of the legalization of cannabis worldwide, all these head trauma patients are surviving. But the families are given a vegetable. Mm. You can't smell, can't taste, can't touch, can't hear, mm-hmm. can't whatever, have no comprehension, have no cognitive ability, have no memory. They require these medicines to get back onto the right track, to be back with the fucking living. Excuse my friends, but oh my God, these medicines, these treatments, they have to become more mainstream. Yes, it's true. We're now living in the age of Aquarius. And I'm not going to lie, I've noticed a spiritual awakening here planet-wide over the past decade. And it's reaching more of a fervent role, especially with the work that the MAPS people are doing by putting the initiatives onto the ballots. And the people are voting overwhelmingly to allow the actual decriminalization of these medicines, which is fantastic. And I'm sorry, if you don't live where these medicines are available and you're suffering with your head drunk, Get your lawmakers to change that. And if you can't, well, unfortunately, you may have to move 
is one of these places in the world where you can get these treatments. Because any one of these medicines will cure exactly what I set out. I mean, cannabis for the seizure, the venom of the tarantula spider for your senses, the uh, um, psilocybin for your memory loss, and then the ayahuasca ethyl for the reconnection, rewiring of your brain. Wow. So, yeah. You've, you've got to do your best one and all, seriously. We've all got to do this together. And I've been banned from Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, by the U.S. government for getting this word out there. They held me up and would not allow me entrance into the United States. They're traveling with my vehicle and my girlfriend over the Mexicali border. I was interrogated for three and a half hours and refused entry and given a $1,000 fine. No entry into the United States. No, and they gave me a third degree, good cop, bad cop. It, it, was, it was a scenario that was not the least bit called for. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah I live in... The rule of fear. Yeah, I live in Texas, and Texas is still pretty uh, pretty backward with its drug laws. Um We've made some. We've made a couple steps forward here in the last month or two, though. The governor uh, just made it a requirement for uh, the state to study psilocybin for treatment of PTSD, particularly in veterans. Um, they've expanded their medical cannabis program, but by expanding it, they've barely done almost nothing. Um, but you know, maybe you know, I guess every journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step, isn't that what people say? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And the thing is, MDMA was legal there in California, in Texas, back in the early '80s, because I traveled through there, and I used to go to a, I traveled into this nightclub called the Wave, and that's all that they did was serve ecstasy and water. Mm-hmm. That was it. It was an entire nightclub set up in downtown Dallas. Couches and oh my God, it was amazing. It was an amazing place. And it was totally legal and it was designed back then for the Vietnam vets to bring them out of their PTSD. Mm -hmm. And it quickly became the marriage counselor's go-to Oh, here, you come in to see me before I hear anything, take two of these, call me in the morning. They'd never call them in the morning because ecstasy, you know, you love everything that's around you. Yeah. So it worked great for marriage counselors. This is all back in the 80s. That shit was totally over-the-counter tablet. You pay, I think it was like four, three, four dollars at, at your pharmacy. Yeah. Well, it ain't like that anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no. But uh, we're about to see a we're about to see MDMA become a, a federally legalized medicine here in the states. Luckily, it's already 
it's pretty much a done deal. Now it's just up to like uh, production and distribution. From what I understand, I heard Rick Doblin, uh, the founder of Maps, talking about it. I'm uh, very familiar with him. Yeah, I heard him. He was talking about it a few a uh, few weeks ago on a on a podcast, and uh, he was saying it's pretty much just a matter of logistics now. Yeah. So that's yeah, fantastic. I, I've, I've worked with a lot of neuroscientists around the world. I said I've worked with them. They visited me mm-hmm. from Australia, Hong Kong, um, India, uh, Russia, France, Israel. You know, when the Israeli government sends their chief neuroscientists across to study you for 10 days, that's a kind of big thing. And he was describing to me how his father, in the same capacity, working with the government, he was doing LSD treatments on um, the most severe PTSD soldiers from the Yugoslavian war. And he said his average was 99 out of 100 after a 10-day intense LSD treatment that he was giving them. As well, he was explaining to me, Israel never joined that war on drugs with the United States. They were one of the few countries that never did it, so they continued their explorations into LSD, MDMA, all these other treatments. And they were, he was mighty fascinated with what's been going on with me. Because, of course, I had the backup of the two doctors and the three neuroscientists who would answer any questions that any of these individuals had for me. Yeah. Sure, sure. So, yeah. It's, it's been an absolute fantastic journey for me and the fantastic individuals uh, I've met along the way. I mean, uh, some of the smartest minds of the world. That I'm humble, absolutely humble. But yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, one of them always called me, they're like, Matt, you're our guinea pig. We have no idea. You gotta take this as you see fit, and basically, I report it back to them every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, Monday. You know? Wow. Well, they, they kind of kept, uh, we all kind of kept our own records of what was going on. But, of course, they couldn't um, even publish any of their findings with me, afraid of either Interpol and or their own local police arresting them for Schedule 1 distribution. Yeah, it makes sense. So that's why they asked me to start this blog. And I and had no idea what the fuck the blog was when I started it. <laughs> um, really so, yeah, that's... That's what I was going to ask you. Is it uh, your intention to maybe compile all of your experience and uh, experimentation into a book or just work with the blog? What do you think is going to come of all this? Well, I believe that the best way to get this word out there is vis-a-vis a book. Now, I've met an American fellow here who's already published a book on his own travels throughout from low town USA, I can't even recall, um, and he went on an adventure traveling through Mexico, Central America, all, all through South America, and of course in his journeys trying all of these medicines, mm-hmm. and 
it's a fun little story. Um, and he heard my story, and he immediately jumped all over. He's like, Matt, I got to write this for you. He said, I'll be your ghostwriter. I'll be whatever. So I've been putting down an outline of my story for him. It's maybe 20, 25 pages long. And I figured I'll give him the outline that I'm looking forward to, and we'll just meet together for lunch or whatever, a cup of coffee where you can fill in the blanks. Um, unfortunately, he's been living the life of a South American here for a few years, and he's in a hustle mode at all. yeah dude i just came back from south america so i kind of know what you mean i miss it i really do um all right buddy i have uh, i have to go run and do some things today but hey man it's been a real pleasure talking to you and once you get that book uh in the works we we should uh do this again and and promote that and and uh tell tell folks about that um Right before we go, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Of course, I'll link it all in the show notes so everyone can access all your information. But uh, tell us about your website, your blog, and anything else that you'd anywhere else you'd like people to, to look for you at. Well, it's basically uh, my blog, which isn't like a typical blog which you read and you'll attest to that. But uh, it's myayahuascahealings.com. And, of course, if you want like to message me, you click on the mail. Of course, the icons for the Facebook and all that, I don't even think they're linked up anymore. Okay. So, Do you have access to any social media? Are you on social medias, uh, or are uh, you just well, using your... The, uh, in, what, what is it? Instagram with the same My Ayahuasca healings. Okay. It's under my name, I think, Matthew T. McHugh. I, I really don't know. Okay. I, I can confirm that. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we can, we'll talk about it in the chats because this is going to air uh, on Monday, this coming Monday. So uh, we'll, oh, get, it all, we'll get it all worked good. out to, to do all the promotion and everything. No problem, man. I'd like to set up the GoFundMe page with my blog, which I did, but I removed it. Well, we can certainly uh, we can certainly find a, a direct donation to you via your bank account, something like that, and I'd be happy to promote that and attach that in the show notes as well. If anybody is uh, interested in, in helping support your continued treatment and things like that, yeah, that's right. not a problem. Uh, I can't make any guarantees on that, but I can share it, promote it, and see uh, see Thank how you. it goes. Thank you very much. Of course, yeah, man. I appreciate. It. Yes, I pre- like I say, I'm. I'm 57 years young. This is true. I got a beautiful 41-year-old girlfriend. Oh, my God. Hey, good for you, man. (laughs) She's from Argentina. And, oh, my God, the two of us, we we met on such a deep spiritual level that there's no separating us. I don't believe. That's beautiful, man. Anyhow. That's beautiful. I'm happy for you, brother. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. What an interesting story, man. Uh, I think this is going to be a popular episode. Um, so, yeah, I'll be happy to share and promote this and uh, get me some information for that donation, and we'll see what we can do, man. 
Okay, thank you. Also, send you a picture of us together. She's so beautiful, so amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me, send me a couple photos that I can use for promo. You two guys together, that'd be great. Uh, whatever you'd like for me to use for promotion. I don't think I'd want to use any images of her for that. Okay, fair enough. But, but any, any, yeah, any pictures of you or of? I have of me. Fair enough. I'll, if you want to send me a picture of you two together, we'll just keep that between us, man. Um, but it was, it's been a pleasure talking mm -hmm. to you. Thank you so much, okay? As well. Same to you. All right, Namaste, brother. Huh? Aho, take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt McHugh of My Ayahuasca Healings. What a fascinating story. Uh, so many things in there um, that are just so interesting. What a, what, a, uh, what a wild ride it's been for that gentleman. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Matt. It was a pleasure to meet you and speak with you, and I uh, look forward to uh, chatting with you again in the future. Um, I urge you guys to follow the um, donation option that I'm putting in the show notes. It has a link to Matt's personal... Uh, it, it has the information, pardon me, to Matt's personal bank account. If his story resonated with you, um, if you felt moved by his story, um, I would urge you to consider making a direct donation to Matt for his uh, continued treatment and uh, to help Matt in, in his life in general. He's a great guy, and, uh, and uh, we could all use a little bit of help. So I urge you guys to check out that information in the show notes and see if you can find it within yourself to make a donation for Matt's ongoing treatment. Matt, thank you, brother. Um, not too much more to say about that. I think that episode stands for itself. Um, before we go, I do want to remind you, we are collaborating with the Cosmic Cowboy Collective out of Houston, Texas on their upcoming music festival, Intense Vibrations, I-N-T-E-N-T-S. It's like a play on words, in tents, like a camping tent. Giant music festival headlining with uh, Desert Dwellers, a whole other slew of national, global, and local acts, um, including themed camping, art, boating, food, music, um, big time party time, dude. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to be in personal attendance. Uh, I hope to see some of you out there. Check out uh, the show notes for further information and links to all that. Really reasonably priced for a huge EDM festival. Um, I've never seen one so reasonably priced, actually, um, especially with the lineup that you're getting. So I urge you to check that out in the show notes. Beyond that, guys, help the show out by joining us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash psychedelicast, $3 a month to support the show. All kinds of extra goodies available there. And uh, you help us out, man. And uh, I appreciate that. If you don't want to join the Patreon, I totally understand. Share the show on social media with your friends and family, those in the community. Like and subscribe on the podcatcher of your choice. Review the show. Send us some stars. Send us some love. All that stuff helps the show's visibility, and I greatly appreciate it. Um, I don't think I have too much more to say, guys. Um. Oh, I did want to apologize to you for missing our last scheduled uh, show. I was in Brazil at the time. I didn't have a guest available, yada, 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 yada. Um, but I'm back now, and uh, we're back at it. So thank you guys for 
being gracious, and thank you for tuning in to another episode. Let's do our quote. And I'll leave you with one by the bard of psilocybin, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Terrence McKenna, one of our most quoted, if not the most quoted, um, figureheads on this show. This one's kind of intense. I don't think I've ever used it before, but I really like it. It's a little bit heavy-handed, but uh, it's Terry Mack, dude. Life lived in the absence of the psychedelic experience that primordial shamanism is based on is life trivialized, life denied, life enslaved to the ego. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, as always, and once again, for joining us here at Psychedelicast. We certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and your busy life to spend it with us in the attempt to pry open the third eye. Until we meet again, take good care of yourselves, and bye-bye.